Welcome back. It is that time of year again. The Olympics are over, the Euros are over, the Copa America is over, and most importantly, the Gold Cup is over. So it's time for another Premier League season. And uh, for our tens of people out there listening, I'm joined once again by Ben. Ben, how you doing? I'm good. Good to be back. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this is a, a highlight of the year for me, and I'm I'm sure for the two to three listeners that we'll have also a, a yearly highlight for them. So we'll try and do the listeners proud. Shout out to Troy out there. Uh, I know he's listening, salivating for us to give our Spurs takes. You know, I definitely won't be biased with those. But <laughs> so before we uh, get into the Premier League, and I mentioned there at the opening about the summer, um, just something short. What did you think about all the summer summer competitions? Any takes or concerns or memories you'll have from those no just that it was so long uh this felt like the longest season of football ever uh obviously the euros got pushed from 2020 and they went deep into the summer and then um like you were mentioning uh spain had a bunch of players that were playing in, into the olympics so it's just mm-hmm. players wise i i was exhausted watching uh, a lot of the players go through 38 games of Premier League and then you've got cup runs and, and Champions League and then and then to continue playing for their country in the Euros I just don't know how anybody's going to be coming into next season uh, not absolutely exhausted uh, unless you know people are coming back from injury or or rested mm-hmm. during the Euros but uh, yeah it was just kind of an exhausting season I was I was glad when it was over uh, just to have a little break but now that Premier League starting in a couple of weeks I'm I'm much much more excited. Yeah, that's like the thing about international soccer, like during the season when, you know, you have the intervals, it's trash because you're like, I want to keep the Premier League season going. Maybe you have the momentum or maybe mm-hmm. your team's, you know, struggling, but you think, oh, the next game's can someone simple. Um, let's get back playing. But then you have these like mostly meaningless international breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a little bit more of the World Cup coming up. But the other exciting thing is like, hey, that's our players seeing him or her you know, um, performing a national stage, international stage. But then you realize, oh, yeah, they did just play this season. When are they going to rest? Um, and then you'll see some people maybe the first couple of weeks of the Premier League season not play just because they went deep into a tournament or they might have picked right. up an injury and then they need to rest and they got to get them back in. They might play 65 minutes. So it's great. But then you realize, oh, man, but it's great if you're an American because we won two trophies this summer. That's right. <laughs> Especially right. the prestigious CONCACAF Nations League title, of course. <laughs> yeah, but, we, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, we haven't even mentioned the COVID aspect, too. It's like a mm-hmm. lot of these guys are coming back from holiday. I think there might be like a quarantine period mm-hmm. uh, before they can even start training with the team again. So it's just like, I don't know. I, I just feel like that a lot of people are probably feeling a little spread too thin. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about the money and, and making the viewers – i.e. you and I, happy, so. Yeah, that's uh, definitely something that will help the bigger clubs, so, um, you know, who have the squad depth, and yep. uh, not just the depth, but talent of depth, too, where their, you know, their second string, whatever, is there's not really a fall-off, but we'll see how that plays. So, um, talking about last year, you know, COVID did affect some games, um, you know, without any fans, and the regular fans for two games was very limited capacity. Uh, what are you going to remember most about last year other than your uh, citizens winning another title? Yeah, I, along the same lines, I know I'm sounding like I'm complaining, but uh, what I will remember, obviously, City won 
the Premier League, but lost in the Champions League final. I'll, I'll remember uh, the Champions League run, uh, just getting to the final, which they had not done before uh, and hadn't even made a semifinal under Pep. Uh, but City, they played in every game that they possibly could except one. So they lost in the FA Cup semifinal to Chelsea. But if they had won that game and then played in the FA Cup final, they would have played literally every game possible that an English team can play. Uh, and I'll just remember that, you know, that's that itself is is a huge achievement. Uh, and obviously they are able to do that because they do have the squad depth and uh, the ability to rotate in the in the club games. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that'll be my takeaway, uh, you know, making the Champions League final, obviously winning the league in, in kind of a goofy year uh, mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, they had a rough start. And, and I, I think there were something like eight or nine teams that were at the top of the Premier League uh, at one point in time uh, throughout the whole season, which is it, it, it got off to like a herky-jerky start. Uh, but I think in the end, it kind of leveled off and the best teams rose to the top as they tend to do uh, mm-hmm. in the Premier League format. But th- that'll be my big takeaway. What about you? Uh, kind of the same. Like you said, you know, at the beginning, um, I think I was me probably the first like month or so of the season texting you all. Everton champions, best team in Liverpool. And then right. they came back to the mean. Um, they didn't have a bad season by uh, most standards, but you know, the beginning of the season, Dominic Calvert-Lewin was on fire. Like Angelotti had recaptured his old Real Madrid magic. He's back mm-hmm. there now, and we'll get into that today. Um, but then he said, eventually, everything kind of looked how it should—not how I wanted, but how it should. You know, the Manchester right. sides in the top four, Chelsea and Liverpool. You know, um, and Leicester overachieving but choking at the end, just like the year before. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'll remember. Um, and then I guess Chelsea making that uh, big call to get rid of club legend Frank Lampard and Tuchel right. coming in and riding that ship um, for Champions League, although they still have some areas of opportunity for the league. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's what I'll remember. So before we dig in to the previews for this year, what we do every year, a moment of silence or maybe a moment of laughter, for Sheffield United, Fulham, and West Brom. Are you sad to see any of them go? You know, uh, I, I kind of like Fulham. Um, just that they're an old club. You know, they've got a cool ground. Uh, and it's hard to say. Like, I'm pretty sure there was a gap between uh, 17th and 18th. Like, all three of these teams did deserve to go. But mm-hmm. that's the thing about the Premier League. Like, all these teams had quality results. Um, I'm pretty sure Sheffield beat United at home. Um, Fulham beat Liverpool at Anfield. West Brom drew Liverpool at Anfield and City at the Etihad. And they beat Um, Chelsea. They beat the breaks off of Chelsea. Right, Chelsea, I think a 4-3, yeah. Um, So, yeah, they've got results, but that's the thing about the Premier League. It can be kind of cruel. Like, if you're off to a bad start, like Sheffield, like I said, I think had the worst start ever. Uh, They Mm -hmm. had, like, one point through, like, 12 or 13 games that's just not going to get it done. Uh, and you know, you, you have to make the most of your time in the premier league if you want to stay up. And obviously the three of them did not do what it takes uh, to stay up. So yeah, I, I, I won't really miss them a lot, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if next year uh, one or two of them were coming back up. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fulham is a yo-yo uh, team lately. Um West Brom, too. They've been up and down a couple of times. And we have some teams that got relegated last year. 
uh, coming back up, which will start um, the first of our teams. I'm going to do it a little different this year for those that listen. Usually we go team by team by team. And while we like to be thorough, we're going to try to uh, speed it up a little bit. I kind of put them in categories. It's not an exact science for all of them. I've even given them stupid little funny names on our uh, run sheet, uh, but we'll see how it goes. So the first teams we're going to talk about are the new teams. Well, new old teams for Norwich mm. and Watford. Now, Brentford, this is their first time up. Um, they, of course, they got in um, by winning against Swansea in the playoff. The most interesting thing about Brentford is kind of, I think, how they're structured. You no, know, they get compared to Moneyball a lot, like the Oakland Athletics, and kind of like all baseball now is analytics. But their owner is a professional gambler, um, not so to speak like going and betting stuff. He used to be a vice president of Bank of America, and he started a bunch of betting sites. So he got rid of their youth team. He doesn't believe in that. He uses all analytics. After 35 games of a player, um, he believes he has a good measure of them. He doesn't value necessarily goals scored or um, assists. They look at XG, like how many are they expected to get. And that's how he uh, makes a call on the good players. And their strategy, I said, without a youth team, is to take these discarded players from maybe big clubs that make it through the academy but never break through the first team and give them a chance. Like for for now, they have Josh De Silva, used to be at Arsenal Academy. Um, and a couple of other players. He also owns FC Micheland in uh, Denmark. Um, and they've made a transfer for a defender, Nigerian defender, Aneku. Um, so that helps too. So he's already tested this theory elsewhere. So we'll see if it does work, will other teams adopt a similar kind of strategy. But hmm. the he's also opening the opening game of the season against Arsenal at the new stadium. So I'm not uh, nervous. You're nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Interesting. Yeah, what did you think about the other two? Watford and Norwich, of course, uh, dipped down for a year and right back. Yeah, so I'll start with Watford. Uh, they are back, automatic promotion, under new management. Zisco uh, mm-hmm. or Zisco, um, mm-hmm. 40 years old manager. I believe he's from Spain. Uh, he's got to be one of the youngest managers in the Premier League. Um, you know, they've got some some old faces in Ismail Assar, uh, mm-hmm. who we will all remember uh, the <laughs> 3-0 victory. Uh, right before COVID lockdown, actually, uh, at Watford, uh, they beat the then undefeated and invincible Liverpool team. Uh, that was a huge result and a fun game. And obviously, Troy Deeney is back, a very oh, old face. Scumbag. <laughs> um, I don't really have a lot to say. I mean, they've got some some new faces that, that I saw have been starting in preseason. Uh, Imran Lusa uh, and Cucho Hernandez, uh, both mm-hmm. 22-year-olds uh, that have been out on loan the past few years. So I don't know if they'll see some time but uh those are two names uh i I expect them to be in the bottom six if not fully relegated um but you know watford i I just don't really have a ton to say about them uh if you've got anything else you'd like to add or to look out for um i would say i'm kind of shocked sar stayed he was pretty young when they got him from uh in france and it looked like he had a really good season last year in the championship um of course they play more games but there's also some like I know I'll always get on Burnley being like these big rugged British men kicking the heck out of people, but that's kind of what some teams in the championship are like. Um, So it's definitely probably hardened by that experience. Um, I don't foresee them doing too well. The only thing that makes me think that they might stay up and I'm predicting them to literally be one spot above relegation is the experience those players have. Um, I don't know if it'll matter, but I just think they'll have that little extra to push on or whatever to keep them right. But like you, I don't foresee a lot of success, but they could surprise some people with the speed they have. 
Yeah. They, they also barely went down uh, when mm-hmm. they went down a couple of years ago. I think it was like the last two games that, that yeah. they really hit some stumbling blocks. I think they had to play City in the second to last game and then uh, somebody else, somebody else in the top six, I believe. Yeah, they, the did something, they did something like they fired their manager two games. Right. Ago. Like, yeah, it's I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah. But moving on to Norwich, uh, they won the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the same manager, another German, Daniel Farka. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd Cantwell and Pookie are back for now. Uh, for now yeah. Hearing rumblings about Todd Cantwell moving on. Um, mm-hmm. He had a crazy bicycle assist the other day, uh, which was cool. Uh, but obviously a lot of English eyes on him mm-hmm. uh, from bigger clubs. Uh, and then Billy Gilmore from Chelsea is a new face. Um, a, a young talent that obviously is having trouble breaking uh, into the team at Chelsea. Uh, but he is on loan with Norwich. And then Milo Rashica from Werder Bremen, my uh, Bundesliga team. team. Uh, we'll see how much how much clock he gets, but he's a very pacey winger. Um, but the problem with Norwich last time uh, they were in uh, the league is their defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim Krul, still the goalkeeper. Uh, oh, they, they, <laughs> right. Uh, they led the league in goals and shots conceded and still voted for Tim Krul as uh, their player of the year. So that kind of tells you uh, mm-hmm. how much he was asked to do for that team. Uh, just, you know, as, as far as defense is setting up for him and giving him some help, uh, they did not succeed, I would argue. Uh, but I'd like to see him stay up. Um, I think it's good for the league to have him. Obviously, they, they had a 3-2 uh, victory against City uh, away well, at Norwich's home ground. So, mm-hmm. Uh, that's good for the league, I think, when stuff like that happens. And obviously, you know, something something for the fans to remember for, for years to come. That's all I got about Norwich. Yeah, their fans are pretty rabid. I remember when they were up last time um, before before COVID. I think that might have affected um, some of how they played the second half of last year. They were in Premier League. Not that they probably would have stayed up, but their, their home crowd, like that City game, I just remember the crowd, not necessarily. Rabid, Norwich. Yeah. Yep. Um, another thing, they lost uh, Emmy Buendia this summer. Um, he went to Aston Villa as poten- potentially one of the Grealish replacements. He was uh, a cam. Um, he, you know, he was on the Argentina national team that won the Copa of America this uh, this summer. So um, Cantwell, like you said, he's a playmaker, but there's rumblings about him going elsewhere too. So right. if they were to lose him, I don't like their chances, but I kind of gave them in my predictions the same benefit I gave Watford. Um, that they might be able to hold on. But actually, now that I'm saying that, I'm looking at what I wrote down, and now I have them getting relegated. So <laughs> they've they produced a lot of good young players uh, over the years. So like you said, um, Buendia, uh, Cantwell, Max Ahrens, I believe the year they got relegated, all four of their defensive players, all four of the back four were linked to like bigger squads, just kind of weird after that yeah. stat year off. But right. um, they're fun to watch. They're um, They don't change how they play, which they probably should now that they're back in the Premier League, did all attacking style. Um, right. I'd like to think they learned from that, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like they're they're just like a worse Leeds. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, it, when, you know, when their Leeds are giving up goals, but they're also scoring them at similar rates. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I just don't think Norwich necessarily have the firepower to, to play like that kind of style, but we'll see. I mean, like I said, I'd like to see them stay up. I'm pessimistic, but cautiously optimistic, I guess. 
Awesome. So those are the new clubs. Everybody get acquainted with them. Hopefully they stick around a little bit. The next category I put in, I labeled survive with scares. Um, so we have Burnley, Brighton, Southampton, Crystal Palace, Wolves, and Newcastle. Although Wolves is kind of in the category of their own. I don't think they were really ever in danger, but they really weren't threatening right. to do anything um, after Raul Jimenez uh, got hurt. And before we go into the other teams, just to get out, give a shout out to my man, Sean Crow out there. Uh, he has decided to jump in the Premier League and he loves him some Wolves. So, um, All right. Yeah. So do you have anything about uh, any of those teams you'd like to share or bold predictions? You know, what scares me, uh, Wolves was one of your teams, but what scares me is Nuno leaving for Tottenham. Um, mm -hmm. Like you said, I don't think they were ever really in threat of relegation, uh, but having going without Jimenez did definitely hurt them. But it, mm -hmm. it's just kind of bizarre to see a team like Wolves come up. I think they finished like seventh or eighth their first mm -hmm. year. Uh, we're squarely in the middle of the table their second year, and then it's like three years in a row now that uh, Wolves have just – not really been a threat to be relegated. And I think a lot of that was down to Nuno's uh, coaching mm -hmm. uh, and obviously his Portuguese ties, uh, getting all, all the great young Portuguese players there. Uh, but now I do, I do kind of fear for them uh, just anytime that there's a, a shift like that uh, with a team uh, that doesn't necessarily have the resources of the other, uh, you know, top 10, 12 teams. Uh, in the Premier League, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can stay up as easily as they have the past three seasons. Yeah, Bruno Lange takes over. He used to be a Benfica manager. He won the uh, Portuguese title with them, and then the next year he got fired halfway through the season. So they've kept the the Portuguese flavor. He plays a four four two, and Nuno's kind of known more for like the, the counter attacking style. Right, um, and like we said, I, I I know you can't always tie one player's injury to success or lack thereof, but Raul Jimenez, he bashed heads with David Luiz in January, I believe, fractured a skull. I think that right. changed everything. Like um, Traore, which you can hate him or love him, um, his cross is not always good, but some of them would hit Jimenez, you know, would head it in or flick it on or create a chance. And then, you know, they've had Ruben Neves, uh, one of the star central midfielders. He's been linked to other people. And I guess they kind of got to find him a partner. I know deeper, um, they've had Dindonker deeper in. It's mm -hmm. cool, but not quite working. So they're, they're a real mystery for me. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, the other teams we talked about in this category, I know you looked a little bit more closely like Burnley. Um, mm -hmm. are what they are, just, you know, tough defense, lob it up. Chris Wood makes something out of nothing, or they get a corner kick or set piece and head it in. And right. then um, you're Brighton, the favorites of XG. Doesn't make any sense um, if you go by metric stats, how they're near the bottom of the table. Right. The Brighton were just incredibly unlucky. Uh, if you follow the XG philosophy on Twitter, it's just every single time that a team outperforms another team on XG, uh, but end up losing the game or, or dropping points, they, they always find a way to put the Brighton seagull into the whatever team's crest mm -hmm. it is. So uh, they became synonymous with kind of underachieving. Uh, but I, I think, you know, the thing about XG and analytics is that like you said, it does tend to correct towards the mean. So I would look to see, you know, Brighton uh, performing a little bit better points wise and results wise um, throughout, throughout the next uh, Premier League season. Obviously, you, uh, they've got Basuma and Trussard coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, my boy Tariq Lamptey. They lost yeah, Ben right. White. Yeah, the uh, GOAT. 
to Arsenal, obviously, which makes mm-hmm. them less solid defensively. Uh, but they did get, I think, 50 million pounds for him. So if they can turn that into a goal scorer, uh, a consistent 15 plus goal scorer, I would like Brighton's chances to be squarely mid table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. And Graham Potter, I think he's a coach everyone can see what a bright mind he is. I think it's only a matter of time before he moves up the table, maybe to a more traditional power. I don't know if it's top six or anything, but it, it's definitely um, his future looks bright. Right. No, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. uh, and just to go back to Burnley, um, just real, really quick, because I, I don't know what we can say about Burnley that we don't say every single year on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Sean Dyche, uh, ninth season in charge he's heading into. He's mm-hmm. the longest tenured Premier League coach. Oh, he's wow. got to be one of the I, I couldn't check like the entirety of Europe. Uh, but mm-hmm. at least in the five big leagues, he's one of the uh, longest tenured coaches. I know Simeone's been at Atletico for longer, but uh, that's impressive. To, to that is be impressive. Nine seasons in this day and age, uh, the same club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they haven't gone down since he brought them up. So uh, credit them, I guess, you know. Uh, but uh, like I said, we say the same thing every year. It's hard, or, uh, Ashley Barnes, uh, mm-hmm. like you said, Chris Wood, McNeil. Uh, ben me same same old dudes same playing style same strategy yeah and don't ever go behind against them because it's the most frustrating no <laughs> i've seen that too many times uh the other teams in the category uh we'll talk about southampton so the other day i had it all written up talking about southampton how um you know they flirted with uh, some disaster for a while they also got uh, annihilated nine nil by man U. The thing that stuck out, me, out to me for their season was Hassan Hoodle, their coach, crying after they beat Liverpool, which if it was like Liverpool was undefeated or something, but it was like in the middle of the year, he's crying. I don't know why, it's just like soft to me. But the other thing I was going to touch on was Danny Ings being hurt all the time. Um, and then, you know what, out of nowhere, transfer, no one even had a link to. Uh, Danny Ings goes to Villa. So um, right. all, the goal, all the goal scoring um, will probably go to uh, Shea, Adams, now known as Shay Mick Adams, because he got called up to the Scottish national team this summer. <laughs> um, and he, he did a lot better. The years before, he hadn't scored. He meant he had like a lucky midway shot against City, um, right. kind of a fluke goal. But he, he, he stepped it up a little bit more. But I am going to predict they are getting relegated. I just don't see it. I feel like at some point, Ward Prowse needs to get out of there, Vestigar, but these players can play elsewhere. I just don't know if they'll have enough production. Also, Minamino from Liverpool, he's back at Liverpool. Um, so I don't know where the goals are going to come from. They haven't really made any big signings either. I, I could not agree more. Uh, that Ing signing, it almost feels like, you know, the writing might be on the wall for Southampton. I, I do – I hate it. I, I don't know how much uh, Southampton are getting in return, but, like, mm-hmm. the, the idea that they would sell Danny Ings, like, your most famous and arguably talented player uh, to a rival club. That's just, it's, it doesn't look good. Uh, mm-hmm. And I fear for Hassan Hoodle. You, you mentioned the nine nil loss to United uh, last season. Um, the season prior to this one, uh, they lost, I think nine one to Leicester. So yeah, that's like two seasons in a row. Obviously he, he can get results like the, the, the win against Liverpool um but it it can also go sideways on him so i I kind of fear for southampton a lot uh and you made some good points and i also have them uh in the relegation zone 
you know, two other teams. Uh, I think it's uh, kind of been a yearly tradition. I predict Newcastle will go down every year, and they always make me look stupid. Um, last year, they flirted with it for a while, but then uh, Joe Willock on loan from Arsenal. Oh, uh, man. Premier League season – or Premier League May Player of the Month. I think he scored in seven straight games. Now, there's, there's links, um, but Newcastle, Steve Bruce – some people have called him kind of stingy before. Uh, you know, he's tried to sell the club, so they don't always spend big money. Um, so he's not there at the moment, but they still do have one of the most exciting players in the league um, and Alan St. Maximine mm-hmm. uh, with his Gucci headband and also um, Callum Wilson up front. But they also have some tenured players like John Joe Shelby and uh, the sales in the league who uh, don't flatter, you know, don't really flatter that much, but. Um, what do you think about Newcastle? And then also I'll throw Crystal Palace in here um, with, uh, yeah. I know I always make this Arsenal-centric, Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira is the coach. <laughs> hasn't had a lot of success in MLS or Nice, um, but he's there. Um, you know, they went through the yearly summer saga with Zaha wanting to leave. And um, Benteke found some form at the end of the year, but he's notoriously unreliable. And they're also dealing with an Eze injury. He was a great wonder kid, great signing from him from QPR last year. So um, where do you see Crystal Palace and Newcastle kind of in the middle again or floating with relegation or will they surprise people? I, I see both of them for me there. I just see the numbers 14 and 15 in my mind. Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of where I would put them, you know, Newcastle and Crystal Palace, really, they're just, they're clubs that are like in that weird gray area of like, mm-hmm you know, trying to survive, but not really contending for Europe. Um, and what comes with that is the need to buy players, which, I mean, all clubs would obviously like to have, you know, bottomless purses like City and Chelsea to buy players. But, I mean, truly, like Newcastle and Crystal Palace, like they aren't, aren't going to contend for Europe anytime soon without buying, like, game-changing players uh, and that's not like really through any fault of their own. Like they, have, they should really deserve, you know, credit for being able to stay up, uh, you know, with the players that they have, but you know, how can you say crystal palace with, without saying something about Zaha, obviously as a, I think is a definite bright spark, but who knows how long he's going to stay with crystal palace. Um, yeah. and you know, Newcastle that, uh, again, uh, they're another team that I think really thrives on on having fans in the stands and, and, mm-hmm. and they've got a great atmosphere uh, in the Northeast. So uh, obviously that'll be good for them to, to get uh, stadiums back. But yeah, like I said, 14 and 15 is just in my mind uh, when I look at these two teams names. Yeah. Crystal Palace to go back to them for a second. They, they make me wonder if they're going to do something. They've uh, got rid of some of their old names um, that have been there for a while. Patrick Van Arnholt, um, uh-huh. Charles Townsend, um, everybody's favorite, Black America's favorite player, Wayne Hennessy, um, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> staples of the team. So I don't know if Vieira is um, going to use his uh, links to France or even MLS to bring in a couple more players. They have been linked to uh, Kabak, who played uh, center back for Liverpool last year when they were in dire straits. But right. Nothing, so, nothing for sure yet. Right. Uh, did Roy Hodgson retire or did he move somewhere else? Did, oh, you know? he, he retired. Um, gotcha. I remember because I was like, oh, they're going to beat City in their last game. No, he didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> played Arsenal the game before. The referees are trying to give him the game. But, um, good for him. No, he, was, but, he was the oldest coach in the league, so had, mm-hmm. had a hell of a career. Good for Roy. 
Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, they had Alan Pardew, who's also kind of ancient, not to be ageist or anything, but uh, <laughs> Vieira's definitely a lot younger than a few of the previous coaches. Right. Uh, so those are the uh, survive, but with scares, and I foresee a couple of them having scares again, especially Southampton. I'm putting right now, they're getting relegated. If they right. don't, then I'm wrong. What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next category, before we have a little break with some fun, are the Europe contenders and title pretenders. Um, that's a group I know all too well personally, uh, but this group includes Villa, Everton, Leeds, and Arsenal. Uh, I'll save my Arsenal thoughts for a second, but the other teams, Villa, um, Jack Grealish just moved to Man City. Um, the president actually was on TV in Birmingham yesterday, You know where Villa is for you geography people and he actually explained you know the workings behind the Grealish deal that he signed an extension the year before and he said if a Champions League team came in for him they wouldn't stand in his way and they said yeah we'll split a hundred million dollar release clause and it happened and this summer they've already been busy they've got said Emmy Wendia from Norwich uh, Danny okay. Ings, and they brought in uh, Leon Bailey from the Bundesliga uh, Leverkusen um, maybe that was in the works since he didn't really play in the Gold Cup against the United States kind of makes you wonder um, but what, what do you think about Villa? I know I hear it a lot. Their goalie, Emmy Martinez, has been great. And, you know, Arsenal fans, oh, we should have kept him. But um, he can't do everything. But they have some familiar faces, Tyrell Mings, McGinn, um, yep. Traore on the wing and others. What do you think about Villa? And then I'll throw Everton in there with new management also, bringing in uh, Benitez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he used to coach Liverpool among know, other right? Premier League what teams. A sin. So that's, uh, that's exciting for Villa. Um, obviously, uh, you know, this started uh, once the Grealish to City rumors started, there was a lot of switching from talking about how great uh, Grealish was a pl- as a player and how much mm-hmm. they relied on his creativity and ball movement. And, and it's sort of switched over to him being overrated and how he couldn't finish a full season without getting injured. So Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think it is a blow to lose your most creative uh, and the most fouled player in the Premier League mm-hmm. uh, and the person that you rely on for a lot of, you know, the link-up play. Uh, but uh, I do think a lot of the moves they're making are, are good. Uh, I think they are going to be worse with Grealish. I don't think that that's like a huge, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a take per se. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, they, they are doing something with all that money, it seems like. So that's good, uh, as opposed to just sitting on it. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how how their team takes shape. Obviously, they've got Ollie Watkins up front, and he came yeah. on uh, with a great goals. season. Yes, yeah, great Brentford, season last year. From Brentford, um, yeah. <laughs> right. And so we'll see if, um, you know, he and Ings can link up and and, and they, can, they can score some goals. They do have a pretty good defense, like you said, uh, Emmy is a great keeper. I think he was like the, the leading fantasy goalkeeper last year. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that I know I had Mings on my team uh, as well, and he had quite a few clean sheets. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I think they finished 11th last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a similar finish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before the Ings news, I was thinking that maybe they could be uh, in, in relegation talks, but um, I, I don't. I think there are three definite worse teams than them. So uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think they will be in contention to go down. Yeah. 
I foresee him roughly the same spot. Um, right. Now, Grealish only made 26 appearances in the league uh, last year, so they know how to play without him, but there's a definite, right. definite difference, and uh, the players they have brought in will still probably need some time to gel. Maybe not Ings as much, but he's also kind of injury-prone, but Bailey's coming from a completely different league, and whether even though he didn't play that much in the Gold Cup, he was away on international duty this summer. Um, so so we'll see. And then they're, they're also looking at Cantwell from Norwich and uh, right. James Ward-Prowse. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, with some Everton, you mentioned uh, Benitez uh, coming in, used to be Liverpool coach. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he was tweaking fantasy teams. He was on your fantasy team uh, last year. Uh, really stepped up his game. Um, Hamas, you know, one of their other big signs is kind of hit and miss, as well as um, Jordan Pickford played for England in the Euros. He's still kind of a inconsistent head case for Everton. Um, mm. Probably most known for um, fouling and injuring, breaking Virgil Van Dyke last year. Uh, also, going back to Liverpool, Villa did beat them 7-2. Don't want to forget to mention that for <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool fans. While Van Dyke was healthy. Um, so Everton, I just kind of – they seem ambitious, like they want to spend money, but I don't know if they're doing it the right way, per se. Mm. Um, so I don't really know what to expect from them. Now, they um, they do get Moise Keane back. We had a pretty good season at PSG and was left off the Italian team for some reason. I wonder why. Um, so that should help supplement um, Calvert-Lewin up front. I don't know how they'll play them together, if at all, um, if they'll be a backup or one will play out wide or they'll play two up front. But I think that's certainly a boost – uh, not having the one target man you have to depend on. And, of course, you know, they, they've also, at the time, serious allegations against Gilfie Sigurdsson, so he won't be there, the captain. Oh, God. Um, so see who, like I said, allegations, so I don't get any legal trouble. Um, right. So but, in yeah. the early season, who will step up and, you know, be a leader for them? Yeah, I, I like Everton. Um, you know, I, I feel like they're in that seven, eight range uh, mm-hmm. pretty much consistently every year. I, I, I feel like it would just take a signing or two to like put them in Europa League contention. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Richarlison coming back. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he can play wide. Right. Uh, but like you said, I, I think Moise Keane, I, I don't know if he played centrally for PSG more or on the wing, but if you had a front line of Moise Keane, Richarlison, and Calvert-Lewin in the middle, I think a lot of back lines uh, would have fits um, just trying to contain those three. Obviously, they would still need the service coming from midfield. And as you said, if Sigurdsson isn't going to be around, um, you know, I'm not sure who exactly uh, carries that weight for Mm -hmm. them. Um, But uh, yeah, I I like Everton. I think they're a good team and, and fun to watch. Yeah, they might depend too much on a Lucas Dinier grading from the wing back position. You know, a lot of right. they definitely probably need a progressive center midfielder that's not my man Alex Alobi. <laughs> right. The, the other team um, in this category, before I get to my gunners, uh, Leeds, uh, which I think if you're a neutral and you're one of those people that are like, ah, oh, soccer's lame and, you know, want someone to take you by surprise or win you over, this is who I would suggest to be the team. It's just. Yeah. Fun to watch. Yep, they are uh, as close to a basketball team as you're going to get. Um, Bielsa still the manager, uh, a crowd favorite. I feel like this is like every hipster's favorite team, like who, <laughs> who doesn't already have a team. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin Phillips coming off a great Euros. Uh, he kind of 
you know, jumped up, jumped out off the page uh, to a lot of fans uh, just by how well he played for England. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously they've got Bamford, Rafinha, Jack Harrison on a permanent deal uh, mm -hmm. from City and then Stuart Dallas and, and Luke Ayling kind of as, as wingbacks pushing, pushing the ball forward. Um, you know, they were six points off the top six last year, uh, but never even really sniffed relegation firmly in the top ten. Um, and, th and they did just sign a left back junior Firpo from Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I look for them to, you know, have exciting games, score a bunch of goals while maybe also conceding, uh, as there's not a, uh, the defensive solidity focus that there is am amongst a lot of, uh, teams that are recently promoted. So they'll be a fun team to watch. Yeah, they're they're kind of uneven. Like uh, they what they beat City with ten men, and then they will lose or play a nil nil draw to one of the relegation teams. It's just the way they play. I know um, Bamford great. He scored a lot of goals. He also misses a lot of chances. Um, yeah. it's it's incredible um, how many chances, like good chances, he misses. He's probably I haven't looked up the stats, but he's probably like an X X G monster. Um, yeah. Also, their, their goalie is pretty highly touted. Uh, Meslier, I think. Meslier, yeah. Young Frenchman. I never s really saw it. it kind of Maybe it's because he looks like he's 13, um, but he is pretty highly regarded. But I, I really – he kind of looks really nervy to me. But then again, yeah. this was his first season in the top flight, so who knows. Right. Um, I, I think they'll, you know, they'll do what they did this past year. They'll beat some big teams and have some frustrating results. Uh, there's a game with them and Man U this past year. It was the most exciting nil-nil game I've ever seen. It was just open and yeah. hard tackles. No one scored, but it was just like, oh man, I love this. Um, and if you if you ever guys get a chance, go look up Bielsa's Murder Ball. It's a game they play in training, and you'll understand why um, someone like Calvin Phillips is like the Energizer Bunny and doesn't seem to run out of energy. Yep, <laughs> the whole team. Yep. Um, so the next team, um, eighth place, two years in a row. Let's go. Woo! Arsenal. Uh, so before I lay in on my childhood club, what is an outsider or neutral? What What is your perception of where they are right now, Ben? I'm interested to know. Uh, you know, I feel like I can't talk about my perception of Arsenal without talking about the management mm -hmm. uh, of Mr. Walmart, um, Stan Kroenke. <laughs> Don't forget uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> right. Yeah. How, how can I? Uh, yeah. With over 300 locations uh, worldwide. Um, so Kroenke and Arsenal's problem is one of not buying uh, impact players. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I don't have to tell you, but uh, just from my perspective as an outsider, it's kind of a shame because Arsenal have one of the biggest fan bases uh, in the world of like, and, and, and have like the brand power of, you know, like your Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. uh, but they just lack the on the field product. I mean, mm -hmm. I know you, you won the FA cup uh, two years ago and you've won trophies, but I feel like when an outsider like me thinks of Arsenal, I think of a team that should be competing for leagues and should be mm -hmm. making champions leagues. Uh, and obviously that's not possible in modern football unless you spend a, a load of money, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I fear for Arsenal. I don't think they're obviously in any danger of getting relegated, but, you know, eighth place two years in a row, that's not really, I, it's obviously not great for Arsenal and I don't think it's good for the premier league. I think it's like a situation in the NBA when the Knicks are good, the NBA is more fun. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's similar when, when Arsenal are good, uh, the premier league is more fun. Um, so that's where I'm at. I, you know, you guys lost to Hibernians in a, in a preseason. I know it's preseason, <laughs> but there, there were starters in that game. And it's like, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll let you, you talk more about it, but that's just my perspective as an outsider. Yeah, I think uh, most Arsenal fans agree with that, except we're a lot more irrational with why we say it. Uh, I'm sure, like uh, Ben Minch, I'm a Cowboys fan too, so I'm part of two of the most irrational fan bases in sports. I would definitely say the Cowboys are the worst in the NFL. Steelers probably not that far far behind. Uh, Arsenal's definitely the worst in the Premier League. It's banter FC. Uh, But but there are some positives. Um, surprisingly since Christmas, I think we had the second most points in the Premier League, which doesn't feel like it. Um, A lot of that was Arteta's kind of stubborn, which I think is fine to be stubborn if you're Pep Guardiola, you know, you've won everything. Um, Your weight obviously work. He's stubborn, but he doesn't have the right to be yet um, with how, you know, he has different rules for certain players. Last year, we signed Willian, and we spent half the year watching Willian start where he wasn't trying. It's like he got paid he realized, you know, I'm still, still in London from Chelsea and I can just do a little bit and wind down my career and make a lot of money. While Pepe, who we did spend a lot of money on, was disappointing his first year, was great last year, but he couldn't get in until, you know, Willian, some breaking point. Um, we do have bright spots. Uh, Saka is saw the Euros. Um, starting for England, he's 19 years old. Uh, I just worry that if we don't start stepping it up in two years, we're going to be selling them to a rival, which will break my heart. Mill Smith-Rowe, who... He kind of coincides with the Christmas thing. We weren't playing a cam. No, Ozil was not the answer for anybody out there. Um, he came in and transferred the team along with uh, Martin Odegaard, who came in on loan. Um, so going into this offseason, we all knew what we needed. We were going to get rid of Granit Xhaka. Somehow he survived again. We needed another central midfielder to play with party. We haven't done that. We needed another cam since uh, Odegaard went back to Real to you know, augment Smith Rowe. We haven't done that. Uh, we're linked to strikers. We've been linked to uh, Tammy Abraham. Well, actually, rate we've been linked to Lataro Martinez and Enter. I'm like, we don't we don't need strikers. Aubameyang had a down year or whatever, but Lacazette right. goals like it's mismanagement. I think there's just a disconnect between what we need since Wenger left. Uh, it, it's kind of like making us eat our words. Like he used to say, the top four is a trophy, and everyone laughs, but it kind of is. You know, it's Champions League, right. and that's even if you get beat by 10 nil by Byron like we would every year. That's still 30, 40 more million dollars in our pockets to right. spend on everyone. So um, I want to be optimistic. I think going by what happened after Christmas last year, I have us finishing fifth, but that's also with my uh, rose tinted glasses on and everyone can watch the downfall as we will be on Amazon prime this year. So <laughs> have fun Stay with tuned. that. Yeah. Thank God it's after the season and not week to week. Cause I would. Right. Uh, just uh, I, I've yeah. got I've got one note on Arsenal here. Just kind of interesting. Just looking at the table, they conceded the third fewest goals mm-hmm. of any team. Yeah. Only seven more goals conceded uh, than Manchester City, who had the fewest. So, mm-hmm. and like you said, their form since Christmas picked up. It just it almost feels like uh, anytime Arsenal lose or have an unfavorable result, the sky is falling. And so oh, it is. Pound <laughs> itself into like the mentality of like mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it seems to like crush you guys and mm-hmm. i don't know it, just got to keep it rolling it, yeah. you can't just live in the moment like live and die by every result 
Yeah, you got to look at it um, from the like from above. Like, okay, right. lose a result. That's one. It doesn't have to snowball into three losses or something like that. But it kind of does with the fans, and I'm just as guilty of it. Uh, the sky all is is falling down, and we start this year with Brentford, first game they've ever played in their new stadium. Uh, it's the only game opening Friday night, so that could be catastrophic. And then I believe we play um, City and Tottenham before the international break. So. Okay. Uh, at, it's either City and Tottenham or City and Chelsea. Either way, okay. not not three easy games. So yeah, uh, we'll see. But yeah, that's our um, Europa contenders slash title pretenders. I think I'd like to think all of them are kind of being that same. But I said Arsenal. I think they'll finish fifth, or I want them to, which is yeah. Europa. And I think Leeds will and Everton will threaten one way or another. And Villa, they'll do a little bit. No, I don't think any of these teams are liable to be threatened with relegation it's kind yeah. of already are and a few injuries to people above them or um we'll touch on this with arsenal now the african cup of nations is in january so we'll yeah. lose in theory obama gang party and pepe three pretty three starters for us so um right. we'll see how that affects other teams around the league uh any chance of signing madison yes or no? i um i think it's uh i think there's a chance um Personally, I don't know if I would spend 60 to 65 million on him. I don't think he's a bad player at all. Um, it's just that I feel like you could get a player on the continent, like uh, Hosa Mawar, who plays for Leon, who we wanted all last summer. Uh, and Leon's uh, president was kind of a tough negotiator. But now he's available for 25. So I wonder, like, what's changed? There's rumors he has, like, a Matteo Gunduzi personality. <laughs> Almost like, yeah, get a manager who can handle it, whatever. Um, I wouldn't argue with Madison. He's obviously proven at this level. He's just had some injury concerns last year. Um, Yeah. I would take him in. Ben White um, will help a lot. Something that won't always get noted to the outsider. David Louise is hilarious as he is when he makes his mistakes or get his red red cards. One thing you can never deny, he's really good with his feet. And when he was injured towards the end of last year, we kind of missed that playing out from the back. Um, Part of the reason we didn't concede as many goals wasn't because of our stout defense all the time. Uh, it's kind of like our pos- empty possession we would have. So we weren't creating any chances, but other teams weren't either. So that's kind of what we need to attack. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, so before we get into, um, I guess we have to call it the top seven now with the creation of the Euro Conference League. Have fun with that, Spurs. Um, we're just going to do some hot fire. So I'm going to throw some things that you've been and just let me know what you think. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. All right. What do you think is the best kit in the Premier League? This could be so, traditional or this year. I've got three that really catch my eye. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you hate the first one, but it's Tottenham's away kit. It looks mm-hmm. like a space galaxy kind yeah. of portrait. Interest of full disclosure, uh, you sent it to me. I was like, that was trash. You're like, you would like it if it was another team. It's like, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's super cool. Um, maybe for kids, I don't know, but, uh, mm-hmm. I like that. I like when teams do kind of wacky stuff, mm-hmm. uh, cities away kit, which is just white with the, uh, the pink and light blue kind of neon font. Uh, I really like, uh, it's just very clean and simple. And then Liverpool actually have this cream colored, uh, kit, mm-hmm. and it's the colors like red and green. And I don't know, I think it just, Looks really sharp as well. Uh, I know I hate giving Liverpool credit, but mm-hmm. I, I think those three are my my favorites that I've seen thus far. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't argue with those either. Um, I like Arsenal's away kit. They wore them at the end of last year. They're uh, yellow. Um, right. Instead of a badge, just a cannon. Uh, I already have my soccer, soccer jersey for the Euro championship. It wasn't enough. Uh, right. Next question. Who is the most loved player for you that's not a City player? In the I've league? got two. Uh, Tariq Lamptey for Brighton. Just mm-hmm. love him. Love his energy. Uh, I'd like to see him contribute more and stay healthy this year. Uh, and then Thomas Suchek for West Ham. Uh, uh, I know you love your Suchek. Yeah, he's, he's my a, doppelganger. Yeah, well, he's a little taller. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, also better at football. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Have you, has anyone seen Ben's uh, uh, FIFA player card? It's a 90. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a 90, <laughs> according to some people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this one should probably be easy. You might have a whole list here. Uh, who's your most hated player that's not uh, a city player? Again, it's a three-way tie between Kai Havertz, Pulisic, <laughs> and Rudiger. Um, yeah, so you love Chelsea. All Chelsea legends. So. Yeah, going against your Germans. Yep. All right. I, I can definitely understand. My most hated player right now is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, also a Chelsea player. Who, oh, uh, there you go. Injured Thomas Party the other day in a friendly, tackling way too hard. Um I guess I'll answer. My most loved player, uh, also Chelsea player. I love N'Golo Kante. He's hard to hate. Oh, yeah, okay. Also, my irrational love for Harry Maguire. I can't explain. Yeah, <laughs> that is really hate. weird. He's definitely easily – I can understand anyone who does not like him and his blockhead. Yeah. Um, next one, who do you think is the most underappreciated player in the league? This could be on your team, any team. Uh, John Stones. Uh, okay. I know he was on team of the season, but he still uh, – gets stick for uh, a lot of the credit goes to his counterpart parts in center back, either with England or mm-hmm. with city, uh, you know, the praise is heaped on to Ruben Diaz. And like you said, Harry Maguire, mm-hmm. uh, but I think stones has really had a, a, a turnaround of sorts, uh, like a life changing career changing turnaround. Uh, and I think his numbers when he was on the pitch with Ruben Diaz are a lot better than, uh, people would like to give him credit for when you look at uh, Diaz playing with another center back, whether that be mm-hmm. Nathan Ake or, or Laporte, mm-hmm. uh, I think Stone's impacts this past year uh, kind of left him still not getting uh, the praise that he deserved, but okay. that's what I put. And yeah, I, was, I was going to say Suchek, but I don't even know if I can say he's underrated anymore, but <laughs> right, just for someone that might not watch uh, West Ham. Um, and realize what he does. He also scores a lot of goals from, from the deep, deeper center, yeah. mid position. Uh, who do you think is the most overrated player? Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho didn't even play yet. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Oscar's... we'll get into, we'll get yeah, into okay. United later, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I, – I don't really, you know, care about player prices, obviously, because it's not my money. I'm not, like, going to say that somebody is too expensive, but I could just see – you know, that, that, that whole transfer not working out well, really for either party as a lot of transfers to Manchester United tend to do. Obviously Bruno Fernandez. Oh, he's uh, going to be my, he's going to be my most overrated, overrated, just watching him. Uh, I know the Euros, he really didn't do anything at the Euros. So that's kind of different because that's Ronaldo, everything see Ronaldo, but like if you watch him, like he kind of like drifts out of games for long periods and yeah, he can make the killer right. pass, but Obviously, his goal-scoring numbers are greatly supplemented by not only the penalties he takes, but how many men you get. It's kind of ridiculous yeah. to look it up. 
almost like there's a bias not casting any aspersions on anybody but yeah i mean credit <laughs> him for making penalties because True. it's a lot harder than it uh you know seems to be considering the frequency with which man city players miss penalties but mm -hmm. uh i i agree with you he is also uh very I, I mean people are comparing him to kevin de bruyne and i think that that's just like mm -hmm. absolutely slanderous but mm -hmm. anyway i hate united so okay what's your favorite venue that's not the Etihad? Uh, last year it was Anfield, uh, just because <laughs> how often Liverpool lost there after oh, not yeah. losing there for almost three seasons. <laughs> well, we'll get into into that later uh, when I break down Liverpool. But uh, yeah, I'll say Anfield last year okay. was my favorite venue. What's your uh, least favorite venue? Uh, so Molyneux, uh, where Wolves play, is just mm -hmm. always oh, you know, yeah. a tough place for City to go. Uh, Carroll Road, like I said, when City lost to Norwich City, the, the crowd was really up for it. I mean, obviously, I, you know, the part of me that can appreciate, you know, those fans having that game was happy, but that was just a horrible result and the crowd was really up for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Ellen Road, where Leeds played, uh, mm -hmm. obviously City tied there 1-1 uh, mm -hmm. without fans, but I, I just have a feeling that those three oh, places gonna be, yeah, are going to be crazy, really yeah. tough to get points uh, this coming year. I feel that. I feel that. Um, who is your favorite Premier League manager that's not Pep? I, I know I keep giving you like two answers, but, mm -hmm. you know, I just I just like a lot of guys or I hate a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I, I think it's either Bielsa or David Moyes uh, for West mm -hmm. Ham, because uh, both of them seem to know what they're doing and uh, they execute it with, you know, a lot less talent, and a lot less budget. Uh, and I think that that's pretty admirable. Um, you know, West Ham was great last year, and obviously Leeds were the the darling team. So, mm -hmm. like both of those guys. Uh, who's your least favorite manager? We might have the same person for this. But Thomas Tuchel. Oh, never mind. Mine's uh, Jurgen Klopp, but we'll keep it in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> you have a reason to hate Tuchel. I just think Klopp. Some of sometimes when he's nice is. Uh, too it's kind of disingenuous like he's too yeah, nice. like, I, can't, nice I can't i can't explain it um seems like he's good natured and some of our social ideologies line up but sometimes i just think he's uh too nice but when when i see him like snapping reporters i'm just like oh i gotta text my friends <laughs> look at him look at this fraud right um and now that yep. you know jose Mourinho has gone although he was comedy at some point i think he had a quote last year there's a whole spat with uh, manchester united diving and his players diving and he was like, I would kill for my son. He won't ever go hungry. And then oh my God. Yeah, some other quote. He's like, it's like, what are you talking about? Some other quote. He's like, you know, in Portugal they say bread is bread and cheese is cheese. I'm like, yeah, that sums it up. But facts. Fact, big fact. No cap. No cap. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, my favorite manager that's not well, Arteta's not even my favorite manager, Patrick Vieira. Um because okay. of memories until he does something stupid. And beats yeah. us or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which um, player that is currently not in the uh, EPL would you like to be in the EPL? Doesn't matter what team. Uh, I'd like Mbappe. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him on like a Liverpool or United, you know, and <laughs> carry the expectations that come with with uh, playing for those teams. Yeah. Um, obviously, no. Holland is another another big answer that I think would be either one of those players it would just be a huge shift um 
to, to making the Premier League that much more enjoyable, I think. Yeah, I usually – I think I said Mbappe last year. I think I'm going to say Namor. I'm kind of interested to ah. see how he, how he copes with getting kicked to death. Um, yeah. And he, he's, he's, he, he rolls and dives a lot, but he's also pretty feisty too. Um, yeah. If, if anyone watched any of the Copa, of, Copa America games, it's like a different kind of game compared to watching the Euros. It is physical. I think there's yep. a couple occasions Messi's running around with a bloody sock. Um, Neymar had his like shorts ripped in one game, like no fouls called. It's just, but I wonder how you would do in the Premier League, like especially yeah. against a rainy night in Stoke or something like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the last question, if you were a manager, what kind of formation and philosophy would you have and why? I mean, I would just, you know, I would copy Pep. I would do like a 4-3-3 <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, a back four of two fullbacks, two center backs. And then basically like one holding midfielder mm-hmm. and then like five fluid, like attacking midfielders, you know. Uh, with a false nine and just like rotating in and out. Obviously I wouldn't do it to the same effect because I know mm-hmm. nothing about football strategy, uh, but that that's just what, what I would, I would run, um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would do a four, three, three also, but I think I would have um, a cam and then two holding midfielders on either side of him, um, yeah. that can, you know, can drive and pass and then a traditional striker. And then the wingers can be there. I don't, I, I like to think my wingers should rotate throughout the match. Um, so you can get an inverted look and you can just get a traditional, you know, left foot on the left side. Or, you know, that's what I would do. Just have the wingers switch throughout the match, which I think England could have helped with doing this uh, this summer in the Euro, especially in the final, like switch up the looks Italy was getting. Like if Sterling could have went to different sides or Saka could have went to different sides, it could have attacked Emerson, but. I'm not here yeah. at Southgate, and I'm not super conservative in my approach. But honestly, right. I don't, I don't know tactics, but I can tell you when a player is not good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, do you have any more questions or uh, rapid hot takes about individual players you want to say? No, no, I'm ready to get into the top top seven. Seven is that one? Uh, top okay. seven, yeah. Yeah. So I'm ready. the top seven this year, UEFA, everyone's favorite clean organization has introduced a new comp a new competition below the Europa League. It is called the Euro Conference League, where you might see the eighth place team from Kazakhstan or wherever play. Um, Spurs made it. Congrats. Um, on the last day, they had a dramatic comeback win against Leicester, who at the same time also choked their way out of the Champions League spot. But um, Spurs, everyone's favorite team, the big story of their summer um, is the Harry Kane saga. Um, he wanted out. Um, it looked like, you know, City put in a bid. Um, Spurs rejected it. Daniel Levy, their chairman, um, is convinced he's going to keep him to stay. They brought in uh, Nuno from Wolves. Um, and he doesn't even have any Portuguese players in the team, I don't think. Um, mm. <laughs> but Harry Kane, you know, as he's gotten older, he's not always, I think he's 27, 28. He's uh, started to be a, a playmaker from deep. Um, so he led the league in goals and assists last year. Yeah. Um, a lot of those assists went directly to Young Ming Sun, um, who, I mean, he's a great blistering p- uh, pace, great finisher. Uh, the thing about those chances early on, I think some people were fearful Spurs might win the league. They were way outperforming their XG on some of the goals they scored. They weren't all tap-ins. I remember a goal Sun scored against Arsenal. It's like a curler from outside the box. You can't depend on that happening every game. Um but yeah, they that, that that's been their summer. They've also brought in some players. They brought in Brian Gill, 
in Spain and uh, Christian Romero um, to supplement the defense, which is good. Um, I don't, I've never really believed in Davidson Sanchez. I think he's a uh, walking red card or penalty waiting to happen. Uh, Toby Alterwaldev is left. He's older, um, followed uh, the footsteps of Jan Vertonghen, you know, great Belgian defenders kind of aged out. They also yep. have uh, <laughs> former England international Eric Dyer, who leaves no one confident in the back. Um, so like I said, they had an up and down season. I think they knew it was going to happen with Jose Mourinho. It was working at first, but they had all these great attacking players. I mentioned Son and Kane. I think Lucas Moore is pretty good and Dombele. And he wanted to sit back and kind of play counterattack, even against teams that they had no business doing that against, which is kind of right, weird because right. Nuno played the same way at Wolves. Um, right, so what right. do you think about Spurs? I guess you got to give it two-prong, like if they keep Harry Kane or if they don't, or how do you even see that playing out? Yeah. Um, so I'm very fearful for Tottenham if Harry Kane leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, just from his goal contribution standpoint, and then the standpoint of Tottenham not being a destination where big players like Harry Kane not only want to transfer to, but they're mm-hmm. actively trying to leave. Um, and I had told Zach from the beginning that I, I said that there was 0% chance Harry Kane was signing for City because they were not going to pay more than £100 million, which is what the rejected bid was. I said they're not going to pay more than that for him. And little did I know that, you know, Weeks later, uh, Jack Grealish would be signing for City uh, at 100 million pounds and uh, that every every City writer that I follow has still said that Kane uh, could be on track still. So um, I don't know. It could fall through. I think City want him and I think that that's obvious, uh, but it, it might just come down to Daniel Levy willing to sell him for 135 or 150 million pounds or whatever. Um, so I, I really don't know. I'm probably like 50, 50 on it right now. Whereas I was zero, I probably got as high as like 75 to 80% thought Kane was coming, especially in the wake of the Grealish news. Uh, but if he does stay, you know, I think Tottenham are going to be all right. I don't, I don't think they'll make champions league. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really fearful uh, for, for Spurs chances. I don't even know what they could do with that money quickly enough to have an impact uh, for the beginning of the season. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We're a week out and I couldn't tell you who the real backup striker option is. Uh, Bell went back to Real Madrid. He signed a guy named Vinicius. No, not that Vinicius. (laughs) I think he scored in like an FA cup game against like, a team with like a plastic pitch and he celebrated like he just won the world cup. So yeah. <laughs> small club mentality. Um, <laughs> I think if, if Harry Kane loses, I can see Tottenham drop into like ninth or 10th. Um, if he stays, yeah. he'll kind of be in around the same, but I, I this kind of thing's got to linger over you, at least in the early part of the season. Um, it could be something where if he's just full of discontent in January might be a shock move. If, if City yep. aren't in for him, uh, for some, I got this inkling that Rio, or not Real Madrid, that uh, Manchester United might come for them just because they can. Um, that's been linked in the past, but um, yeah. a lot of, and also I don't know how Nuno, um, I don't know if he has all the players to play wing back, and I don't know if the players definitely want to play that counterattacking style again. Right. Have some talent up front. 
Right. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's another thing. You've got a new coach, new system that everybody's going to have to adjust to. You've got a player, you know, your team's talisman uh, and captain, like, actively saying that he wants out. Like, it's, it's known. It's just not – I mean, it's kind of toxic, really, uh-huh. um, for Spurs right now. And I kind of feel for our friends that are Spurs fans mm-hmm. uh, even more so than I usually do. But, you know, at the same time, I, I don't really blame anybody that wants – uh, to win trophies and like compete for league titles. So we will see. Yeah. It's not like he hasn't done his part as much as I dislike him. He is a, one of the top strikers in the world. He's put it all on the line, played with his messed up ankle every spring and, you know, they've got him to third place before they, they probably should have won the year Lester one, but yeah. I younger. mean, if he stays healthy and stays in the premier league, he could conceivably uh, eclipse Alan Shearer's goal scoring record. That's how mm-hmm clinical and and on pace he is but um yeah we'll see mm-hmm. all right so that's the europa conference league qualifier tottenham hotspur and their toilet bowl shaped stadium and uh the next two teams we're going to talk about are the europa qualifiers um west ham a surprise and leicester city who are kind of perennially a european qualifier whether it's champions league or europa now uh what did you think yeah. about their seasons what do you foresee for them yeah, so West Ham, uh, I think I say this every year. I, they're, they're like my second favorite team to watch. Uh, obviously, David Moyes, who I'm super high on. Uh, Jesse Lingard had a great mm. impact uh, in his loan spell. Nine goals in 16 matches. Uh, he is back to United to uh, rot away on their bench Yeah. <laughs> uh, instead of giving West Ham uh, valuable contributions. But uh, Ben Rama uh, is back, who I, I really rate. Suchek and Sufal's. Uh, the uh, Czech delegation <laughs> on uh, West Ham. And then, of course, there's Antonio, Jared Bowen, uh, Ben Cresswell, and Declan Rice. I just think they're a good team. Very talented. Uh, they play very well together. Uh, I've got them in the top seven this year, uh, if all things go according to plan. But uh, yeah, I think they'll need to do something to replace Lingard. I don't know. If I agree. They might wait to the last moment and try to get him on loan again or something. Um, it almost seemed to probably both of us after, you know, his second half of the season, he's like 27, 28. He's not young anymore. Like, right. oh, definitely. I was like, oh, me and you, me and you is about to finesse West Ham out of 50, 60 million and nothing's happened. Uh, I think Solskjaer said the other day, we're excited to have him back in camp. I'm like, where's he going to play? Like, you guys right. are struggling to get Paul Pogba into the team sometimes. Right. And you signed, and you signed Sancho, who, Who's going to play on the wing, but he can play, you can play Cam. Um, so I, I don't know. It just seems like I don't, if they get him, I think they'll be around 11, 10, 9. Uh, I don't know how long he, boys can keep it together. Um, he's at his level. I mean, we went to Manchester United to replace Fergie, which wasn't easy as it was and didn't do too, too well, but he's definitely seems like he's found the right level. Um, you know, West Ham, they've been in the Premier League for a while. Um, several years and like you said there's talent there they might yep. want to aug- augment up front maybe someone to work with Antonio and Tammy Abraham has been mentioned to probably any team that needs a striker and he's also been linked to uh, I think it's Atlanta now um, but I think maybe another another goal scorer could help because yeah Antonio's good at hold up and everything but he goes through games where he doesn't exactly get the the end product Right. I think he had like four goals in a game. That mm-hmm. might have been two seasons ago, but mm-hmm. he, he has the, the clinical finishing. It's just 
Mm-hmm. Can he put a consistent season of 38 games together? Who knows? But yeah, I rate him. Yeah. And what about your Foxes of Leicester City? So Leicester, you know, I bet they probably would have taken uh, an FA Cup trophy at the cost of missing the Champions League. I, obviously, mm-hmm. they would have liked both. Uh, but I think that they would take that uh, at the beginning of the season. They were kind of unlucky down the stretch. Uh, Harvey Barnes, I think, tore his ACL with about mm-hmm. 10, 12 games left to go. Uh, Madison was in and out with injuries. Um, so kind of unfortunate to miss the Champions League. But like I said, you know, they, they had an FA Cup final run and, and won. Um, Vardy's 34, mm-hmm. getting older. Madison might be gone. They still have the core of Tielemans. You know, Soyuncu, Schmeichel, and Didi, and then Barnes, who should be back. Obviously, Fufana got injured Dirty uh, the other day. He, he looks to be out for uh, some time. Uh, and then they, they signed, I think, the first Zambian player in Premier League history, Pat Sindaka. Uh, he's, he's a fast. Yeah, he's so fast. he could he could come in and contribute in, in that lineup. Uh, I feel like, uh, obviously, Ayanacho, um Kalichi Ayanacho, uh for City. Well, for Leicester now, but he uh, he'll be there as well. Uh, so they've still got uh, goal scoring threats, but Vardy is getting older. Um, and you know, typically thirty four and thirty five year olds don't don't uh, keep their legs for very much longer. Uh, but they've got a solid core, well coached and well run club. I feel like mm-hmm. you know, if you're a team, obviously the the Premier League win uh, five or six years ago, you know, kind of thrust them up into this you know echelon of contenders uh at least for the european spots and so it's it's good to see them uh kind of maintaining that instead of falling all the way off the off the map yeah they're a very well-run club you think about after they won the title mares left um harry mcguire left they lost harry mcguire won the championship team but they lost a couple years later conte and they've uh, done well to replace some with telemans and Didi, so fafana um, something about Vardy, you're right, he is getting older and slowing down, but something he actually did really well. His runs, the kind of runs he still makes, he's yep. really clever, um, like a fox. Um, <laughs> his runs would kind of pull the defenses away, which opened things up for um, Ignacio. Um, so I don't know how long he can keep doing that, but as a decoy, he's working great. And like I said, um, Daku, he is blaz- blazing pace. I don't know how he'll um, adjust the first couple weeks or months or so, but if, he, if he's in space, he's gone. Um, yep. And, you know, I know that from playing FIFA. Uh, <laughs> but Le- Leicester, I feel like they'll finish around around the same. I think in my official predictions, I have them finishing sixth. So um, about the same. Um, and we'll see what happens. Um, but whoever they signed, I'm sure one of them will overachieve because who would have thought Fafana coming as a teenager from France would be great. And he yeah. is a fortunate entry, though. So those are the Europa League teams. And uh, how do you think they'll fare in that competition? I, I mean, I, I feel like English teams, uh, similarly to Champions League, they do really well in European competition because mm-hmm. I think the Premier League is the best uh, league in all of Europe. So mm-hmm. uh, wasn't it an all – was it an all English? No. Okay. United uh, yeah, made the Europa right. final. Yeah. Uh, it was all, yeah. Right. Exactly. So – yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll do well. I could see any of those teams making a, a semi or a final um, mm-hmm. just because I, I don't know, I rate them. And, and I feel like teams like West Ham and Leicester, they'll take, they'll put priority on, mm-hmm. you know, Europa and then, you know, kind of sandbag the or rotate their team 
mm-hmm. for like the midweek Premier League game just because yeah. you know it's a European European competition. Yeah, I worry about uh, West Ham a little bit more about their depth of trying to play two sides at once, but um, some players just have a lot of endurance, so they're not the biggest squad of talent. So if you're playing every every Thursday in Europa and turn around playing Sunday and maybe a midweek game in Premier League, that can that can catch up with you if you don't have a big team. But uh, right. we'll see, we'll see. Um, so the fourth place team, uh, first champions, well, the last Champions League qualifier technically, champions of Europe though, uh, your favorite team, Chelsea. Uh, interesting fact, last summer they brought in Havertz, they brought in Warner, they brought in Ziyech, uh, Mindy might've been the... Uh, before they brought in Thiago Silva and right. guess where they finished the same place they finished the year before. Um, that's kind of like the pessimistic way to look at it, but it is a fact. Uh, so their big thing was uh, in the middle of the year, they got rid of Frank Lampard, uh, brought yep. in top people um, of um, Dortmund and PSG fame, maybe shame. Um, he righted the ship, played a back five, shored up their defense, which was the biggest problem they had the season before and uh, managed to just, keep things afloat to um, qualify on the last day for um, Champions League. The thing with them, especially Timo Warner, who some people still like him. I think he's kind of a bust. You want him to score all these goals. Chelsea were second in the Premier League and offside, so I wonder if you can contribute a lot of those two. Um, <laughs> it also took Havertz some time to adjust. Uh, I think it's more of his frame, um, but they ended up playing him as like a false nine kind of strike that seemed to have some success at the end of the year. Um, everyone's favorite American Pulisic is there. Um, well, I guess I might actually put him in most overrated. He's good when he plays, Ooh. but he's always, always hurt. Um, right. But they have N'Golo Kante. For some reason, Frank Lampard was not playing him in his position. Um, it didn't take a genius for Tuchel to figure out to put him in the in the center of midfield, you know, give Jorginho time to just get the ball and recycle it, then take a skip, um, skip penalties. Jorginho was also their leading scorer which I think is a problem. He takes their penalties. It's nothing because he was scoring from open play. I think Tammy right. Abraham was like their second leading scorer. And he barely got a kick in when Tuchel took over. Um, so right. they have an area of opportunity to improve there. Right now they're right. linked to uh, Romelu Lukaku, um, which would be scary. Um, yep. So what, what do you think about Chelsea? Do you see Warner and uh, Havertz improving, ZH staying? You know they'll spend whatever. Yeah, so like, I know City get a lot of stick, and maybe rightfully so. I say this every year. Chelsea, they just do not care at all. They spent $300 million, uh on those players that you mentioned before last season. Uh, and a lot of people, if that was City, you would say, well, they're just buying their way to the Champions League final mm-hmm. uh, and to, to win the Champions League. Um, and now, now, now we're talking about spending $130 million on Lukaku, uh, mm-hmm. who they already had, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they just do not care at all. And this is, this is kind of what other teams like City are, and United are being forced to do. Uh, you got to spend a ton of money to compete and to stay relevant at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to Liverpool in a second, but I, I feel like that's something that uh, they are not necessarily doing. Uh, but to, to your point about Havertz and Werner, I feel like if Werner converts – 50% of the chances that he misses uh, just based on the positions that he gets into and times his runs a little better. I feel like he could be in the golden boot conversation because obviously uh, for RB Leipzig, he was scoring those goals. He had like 35 goals 
mm-hmm. uh, I believe the year before he came over from the Bundesliga. So, and I, I, I'm a big uh, proponent of calling attention to the fact that it takes usually about a season for players to adjust uh, to the playing style of the Premier League. And I feel like Havertz kind of came on uh, towards the end of the year uh, and was uh, things were running a lot more smoothly for him. Uh, so I think Werner uh, improves this year. If they if Lukaku comes in, I mean, they have to sell somebody. I don't know if Hakim Ziyech, who they spend like 70 million pounds on, I, I don't know how he's happy. I'm sure his agent is mm-hmm. making a lot of calls at the moment, especially, um, you know, seeing all these rumors for um, Lukaku. Uh, but w- what Chelsea really did well was their defense. Um, City and Chelsea, I think, had the two best defenses in all of Europe. And I think it, it, it made sense that they were the, the two teams that made the Champions League final. Uh, so it is kind of scary to imagine uh, their attack being a, a little more clinical and consistent in addition to that, that great defense that Tuchel has already established there in mm-hmm. just a short while. Yep, that's, that's true. Um, I kind of think they might win the league. Um, I do think they if, will win if, the if they get Lukaku, I think it's a foregone conclusion. Um, but if not, like you said, I, I, I think – I don't know if Warner will ever be the prolific Bundesliga goal scorer he was in the Premier League, but if you said – I wouldn't even say 50 if he converted 25% of the chances right. he gets or just holds his run one second longer. He's, he's really quick. Yep. Um, it, could, it could be dangerous and too cool. You know, he's, he's got to roll in. He's going to get his players in, um, you know, like you said, you know, they'll spend. Um, that's probably the difference with Chelsea. Um, they'll spend as much as anyone else. They get it wrong half the time, but do they feel any shame about replacing that player a year later like Ziyech? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, Roman Abramovich is – we all make fun of him, but, I mean, if he was the owner of my club, I'd be like, yeah, so-and-so didn't work. Let's buy another place. It's not my money, but it's kind of – Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing too. Uh, so that's Chelsea, who I, I think will win the league. Um, I agree. Uh, next, uh, the third-place team. Despite losing 25 center backs last year, uh, Liverpool managed to finish third. Um, so what do you think about your Reds, your favorite team? I think uh, that it's a testament to Klopp's coaching and the system that he has put in place there that they still finish third, uh, despite having a absolutely dreadful start to the new year. Right around the time that Robert texted us uh, that Liverpool was going to start pulling away this weekend. Um, so I don't even know where to begin, uh, about Liverpool. I feel like my highlight of the season for them was every time that they lost, uh, at home, uh, which was six home losses in a row, by the way, after not (laughs) having lost, uh, for two or three seasons there, obviously there were no fans. And I think, uh, you know, I, I will caveat it and say that if there were fans, I don't think they lose all those games in a row, but still every time they would lose the official Liverpool Twitter account would just say (laughs) defeated Anfield. uh, And it would have a picture of one of the Liverpool players. And I liked every single one of them. I should have retweeted them. Um, So they lost to Burnley one nil penalty in the 80 something minute. Lost mm-hmm. to Brighton 1 0. Lost to City 4 1. Lost to Everton, who hadn't won there since like the 70s, 2 0. Mm-hmm. Lost to Chelsea 1 0. And lost to Fulham 1 0, six in a row. So mm-hmm. um, obviously the impact uh, that Van Dyke left uh, via his ACL injury uh, mm-hmm. was enormous. Uh, they had trouble. I mean, they, 
were thinking about putting mascots in uh, to start at center back at some point, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I have them squarely back in the title race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already alluded to my championship prediction. I think Chelsea and City are the other two, and I think Chelsea will win. But mm-hmm. uh, just the system that Liverpool have in place and what they've done over the past two to three seasons, uh, they cannot be discounted. Uh, when Naldum's gone, brought in another center back to to kind of help Joe Gomez and all mm-hmm. the other fools that they have. Uh, <laughs> filling in Ibrahima uh, Kanate mm-hmm. um, from one of the Red Bulls, either Leipzig or Salzburg. I can't remember, mm-hmm. um, but uh, he, he should make an impact. The, my only concern uh, is Salah, Firmino, and Mane. It's the same front three. They're another year older. Like you mentioned, they've, uh, Mane, and, Mane and Salah have at the African Cup of Nations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it, like we've mentioned, I feel like if you're not improving or upgrading, uh, you're kind of stagnating. And uh, once you're stagnant, you're, you're actually kind of declining. So obviously they have Tiago and Jota that they bought recently, mm-hmm. uh, but it is the same front three and they are all getting older. Uh, I, that still does not uh, keep me from con- considering them one of the title favorites or in the title race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a finish in fourth. I think they... Um tried to break up a little bit of the monotony bringing in Jota last year. Um, we could play on the wing or you could probably even play him in the middle. Firmino um, isn't really a striker. I guess he's not quite a 10 either. He's somewhere in between. Um, Cause he doesn't really score as much as you would think someone that is he, is he their number nine? <laughs> right. But he does, he does all sorts of other stuff off the ball last year. Um, uh, what's his name? I just, Tiago, you know, I think there was some stat like he'd only lost like maybe however many games in his career and right. over half of them came at Liverpool last year. He didn't right. really settle into the Premier League last year. All I remember him doing, like, you know, everyone talked about oh, the ball sounds so sweet coming off his foot, but all I remember him doing when he came in was getting cards. Um, yeah. But like you said, it could take, it would take a year to adjust. Um, they are linked with um, Saul from uh, Atletico Madrid. Um, he's kind of a deep, deeper playmaker. Like you said, they watched, lost one out on him and he had like a social media post about how he got blamed every time they lost, not necessarily from um, people in the staff, but online. Um, yeah. he, what he did really well from them is he would win the ball back and he would go get it and spray it. Um, you know, in the, in the Euros this summer, you saw him more attacking. He looked pretty deadly for the Netherlands. Um, who knows what his role will be with PSG, but that's a whole different topic. Um, like yep. you said, they are, they all, they, you know, they just resigned, um, was it Allison? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Henderson, there were some questions. He even got linked to Arsenal like everybody else, but I think it was just posturing for more money. Um, I could probably put him on most overrated player too, um, <laughs> uh, for me personally. They are getting older, but they're all not quite at that stage where they're all 30 yet. Um, right. The next couple of years, they're probably going to have to cash in on Salah or, or Mane if they want to, you know, reinvest because they're not a team that frivolously spends. Um, they're pretty smart with their spending, right. um, but they still got to spend money to keep up, uh, even if you're not spending as much. Um, right. There are also some 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 kids that you know got a lot of experience last year, um, which will help them in the long run. It's definitely growing pains if they still manage to squeeze in um, to the top three kind of comfortably at the end. Um, so like I said, that's a, that's a credit to Klopp and the system's like perfect for the players he has. Um, but we'll see, you know, aging, I don't think it'll affect them this year, but the next couple of years are going to have to 
cash in and reinvest that money. And, yep. and if Van Dyke, that's the other big question. I think if, if he's, you know, 80% of what he was, he'll be fine. I don't really rate, I don't think Joe Gomez is that good. Uh, huh. I don't think Matip's that good. I think Van Dyke is so good, he makes them look decent. Um, that's just me. I know other people I disagree. Um, I wouldn't start Joe Gomez or Arsenal. That's what I would say, honestly. Yeesh. Uh, I would take Gabriel and Ben White over him. Um, not that, yeah, but that's just me. That's how much I think of Van Dyke. Not so much right. as at least to think of Joe. So if he's okay, other than when he got dropped the other day, um, playing um, whatever German team they were playing, uh, go look it up on Twitter. He just got, I don't know, he was backpedaling and fell. It's kind of funny. He um, got done in, yep. Yeah, but even then, he's, he tore his ACL. He's just playing preseason, so I, I don't know if he'll be playing 90 minutes, per se, to start the year. And there's an international break um, after the first three weeks. I don't know if Holland will call him up or not. Um, but I see Liverpool finishing fourth, staying in Champions League, and I'd expect them to have to make a tough decision soon with one of their star players that aren't quite 30. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so that is the third-place team now from – Liverpool to their biggest rival, everyone's favorite Manchester club, not <laughs> the Red Devils, Manchester United, making big money signings. Second place, United. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll try and go quick on them because you might have more thoughts. I just like, am I naive to believe it when I see it with United? Because mm-hmm. uh, I just do not see – Skullshar as a killer competitively. Uh, mm-hmm. It seemed like he was too happy with second place. Uh, and United are kind of in the similar situation as City uh, in, in the sense that you can only start 11 guys mm-hmm. uh, and, and only start so many attackers. So you got Sancho coming in uh, to an attack that includes Cavani, Greenwood, Martial, and Rashford. Uh, and not to mention, like you said, uh, Pogba's having a tough time or at least was late in the season getting in the team. And so you're bringing Lingard back. You've got Van de Beek, who I don't even know, could probably count how many games he's played yeah. on one hand. Um, you know, they, they've got a, a pretty decent defense. Uh, obviously, uh, they're upgrading it with Varane uh, mm-hmm. from Real Madrid. So that'll give Maguire some help, um, who was in the team of the season. But they gave up 22 more goals than City. Uh you know, who were in first, obviously, uh, and 12 points back. Uh, so, I mean, I've got them squarely in the Champions League uh, finishing, but I just feel like it's until United, you know, give City a, a serious title contention or, or anybody, or, um, you know, I'm just not, I'm not really going to believe it with United. I'm not going to take them seriously as a contender until it actually happens, which may be naive and to my, uh, you know, to my own demise, but that's just where I am with United. All right, I'm saving that clip, Stoken. Uh, I think I said last yeah. year, I thought Man United had a squad that could win the Premier League. I, they're even stronger now. It's just that I don't want to say Solskjaer, he's not a bad coach, um, but he's just, I don't know if he has that extra oomph to mm-hmm. get them. Like, he's a really good players coach, and sometimes needs some tough love. I don't know if he always can administer that. Um, yeah. They, <laughs> they did make the Europa League final to hilariously for David De Gea to give up 11 straight goals and penalties and then miss one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, That's hilarious. Um, (laughs) Harry, Harry Maguire, you know, survived his legal troubles in 
injuries. He'll now have um, Rafael Varane, who's probably one of the top five center backs in the world, uh, notwithstanding his nightmare against City in the Champions League two years ago. Um, playing next to him, upgrade on Lindelof, who can still rotate in there. Juan Basaka is a great defender. There's always been questions about his uh, offensive side of the game being a modern, you know, uh, fullback. He's uh, gotten better with that. Luke Shaw, out of nowhere, improved last year. And like great said, Euros, too. Yeah. Pogba, um, sometimes he looks great. He's someone I desperately want to leave so I can cheer for him. I love cheering yeah. for him when he plays for France. Um, but he said Van de Beek was there. He doesn't play. McTominay, he gets Bruno. He kind of just does what he wants on the pitch and shows up. But you said, like, the, the, the front. Cavani, he's great. He's great at getting in positions. He's also very, very old, which is why I wouldn't be shocked if they made, like, a shock move for Kane or um, who knows in January. They might just be off the pace and try to spend $200 million for Erling Holland or something. Um, them, I have them finishing third. Um but like you said, it's kind of like, let me see what OGS can do um, to yeah. lift them up. The talent, the talent's definitely there. Even if Rashford, I think he had surgery. He played the Euros pretty hurt. Um, but they have Sancho now. I, I, I rate Sancho, but I'm like, I don't think the attack is the issue. I don't think anything is really the issue. I think they just need a little bit more in the dressing room. Um, yep. Yep. I, I mean – uh, yeah, like I said, I, it might be naive of me to say it, but I, I, I think in the midseason pod, I picked them to finish ahead of City just because City still hadn't quite clicked into where they were. Uh, but then that did happen, and it kind of made it look a lot less close than it was, and it was already twelve point a 12-point deficit uh, between first and second place. So we'll see. Yeah, so touching on earlier, uh, Sancho, why did you think he might be overrated? I just don't – well, I mean, when you look at Bundesliga players uh, mm. that ball out in Germany and then come to England and find it tough, I just think he might – and he, I know he's already played some Premier League. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, but that was a long time ago when he was much younger. I just think he's got a lot of hype around him, and I don't necessarily know that United is a great place mm. for players with a lot of hype around them to perform well under, you know, all the scrutiny, especially when you're, you're fighting for minutes. I, I mean, I guess, you know, he could be in every game in the league starter, but I feel like it'll kind of be a rotated front three, but I don't know. Um, I could just see him being asked to do a lot of things that he might necessarily not be best suited for similar to Pogba. I feel like United asked him to play, a different position than what his best position is. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's different with Sancho because he's pretty much just an out and out winger. Um, I don't know. I could just see it not going well um, yeah. as, as some transfers to United tend to go uh, for high profile young Englishmen. Mm -hmm. So before we deep dive into city, uh, the four champions league clubs that qualified as a whole, how do you think you, how do you see them doing in that competition? What, United or all? Or, uh, all, all yeah, Chelsea, Liverpool, City, and Mandy. How do you think you – I mean, I think I could see any of those teams making a final or winning, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. I would probably be most shocked at United, but obviously Liverpool won it a couple years ago. Chelsea won it last year. Uh, I think City, especially after signing Grealish, would be very disappointed to not make a final. 
Mm -hmm. uh, if, if not altogether win the whole thing, especially if they sign Kane. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what are the, I, I feel like Bayern, uh, obviously Barcelona are going to be falling off. I mean, Real Madrid still has Real Madrid name, but I don't think anybody in the Liga is bringing what the four English teams in the Premier League that are going to Champions League are bringing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I feel like it's, you know, PSG and Bayern, obviously they could slip up to somebody along mm -hmm. the way. Um, you know, Inter in uh, Italy no, doesn't, doesn't done. really... They lost yeah, coach. they don't really concern <laughs> me, especially if they lose Lukaku. So uh, mm -hmm. obviously Juventus snuck in. Uh, I think they yeah, came fourth, and they kind of uh, seem like they're, they're down, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I would have to say that it, you know the favorite has got to be an English team to win yeah. the Champions League. Yeah, I would say an English team or Bayern. It just you know they got eliminated last year, but Lewandowski was. Yeah. If if you remember those games against PSG, oh poor Chupa Motang. If, if it was anyone else but him, they probably would have beat PSG. Yeah. And, uh, but absolutely. Yeah. All right. So uh, the champions of last year, comfortably at the end, um, Man City, big money, Man City. What do you think? Looking back. That dirty old oil club. Uh, yeah. It was a fun year. Um, you know, uh, obviously didn't didn't win everything on offer. But like I said, I think it was an achievement to, to play and be involved in all the games that they were. Uh, Pep, uh, third title in four years. Uh, only one of three managers to lose the Premier League trophy to regain it. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, Wenger and um, Ferguson, the other two. Um if you'll remember the second game of the season, City lost 5-2 to Leicester. Uh, and there were quasi-serious pep out rumblings. Uh, I know a, a dear friend of ours who will go unnamed is uh, a Liverpool fan, told me in seriousness that pep was done. Uh, <laughs> before This was before Christmas. Um, so that, that's a little bit of vindication, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. Especially, you know, playing essentially an entire season without Aguero. Uh, who is now gone, which will segue me into talking about uh, kind of a new phase of Manchester City. So uh, every single one of Pep's years here, uh, a different legend uh, from City, from the 2012 uh, championship team, uh, has gone. So in 17, it was Zabaleta, 18, Yaya Torre, 19, Vincent Company, 20, David Silva, and then this year, Sergio Aguero. So now they're all gone. Uh, and I think that we have squarely entered a kind of strange, nebulous phase uh, for Manchester City in which we will do things like pay $100 million for Jack Grealish, who we don't even necessarily need in the squad. Um, so with him coming, you've got – let me just list uh, some attacking players here. Phil Foden, Riyad Mahrez, Kevin De Bruyne, Jack Grealish, Raheem Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Gabriel Jesus, Ferran Torres, Ilkay Gundogan, and Harry Kane, if he signs. That's mm -hmm. 10 guys fighting for five spots. And not all of them are going to be happy riding the bench or just playing the cup games. So it's almost like, I mean, it is an embarrassment of riches. Um, you know, obviously, if, if we do make a couple more signings, uh, you would back – uh, city to sell somebody like Bernardo or Jesus. Uh, but obviously Gundogan isn't going to be happy. Um, you know, there are some guys like Foden and, and De Bruyne whose spots are pretty much cemented. 
Um, but Raheem Sterling, there are questions. My guy, I love him. Uh, had a great Euros, but a pretty subpar season in league. I just don't know. It's it, it's it's kind of like what we were talking about last year with uh, City signing Messi. Like the expectations uh, for the team are already incredibly high, and when you add young talent, young English talent, and spend big money on them, the expectations go up even further. So if City sign Harry Kane, or even if they don't, you could almost think it reasonable to be disappointed if they don't win both the league and the Champions League and maybe another cup final, uh, which is ridiculous to say, but that's kind of where they are uh, with the talent on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's a difference between buying a lot of quality young players for 40 to 50 million pounds and then spending a hundred plus on one to two English icons. Uh, and I think if, you know, obviously I don't think that they are quote bad guys, but if they weren't bad guys before this transfer window, they definitely are now. Um, it just feels weird to me as a city fan. So uh, that's where I'm at. They had a great defense last year uh, and, and we'll look to improve, but I, I think pretty much everybody knows the, the kind of style that they play dominating in possession and, and very fluid attack. So that's what I got. I don't, I, I don't particularly love Harry Kane. I rate his quality, but uh, if he signs for city, it's going to be kind of like watching a different team. Oh, but you'll, uh, you'll make your penalties finally. So you'll that's have that. true. <laughs> uh, that's one thing he can do. Um, yep. Although he, never mind, he missed one of the Euros, but he tapped it in. Yeah. One of them did. Um, so my thing is you're obviously plugged in more than I am with all those players. And we're also forgetting someone like Laporte, who, you know, a couple of years ago, was, it was really frustrating why he wasn't on the French team. He's like one of the best defenders in the world. You know, he had some injuries coming back from. And other players up front that you mentioned, are there any links or people you would like to see move on? Or you I mean, like, oh, that's horrible. I'm keeping I so I love Bernardo. Uh, mm-hmm. I think since his racist tweet incident, he mm-hmm. has kind of you know suffered a little mentally. Um, you know, I, I I don't think he loves the weather in Manchester, which you know, as mm-hmm. silly as that that is a thing, it you know it it weighs on your psyche and on your on your mentality. Like he, I, I think he's been linked to Atletico uh, Madrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to buy or make an offer before the season starts, but he is vocally unhappy. Uh, I would hate to see him go, but I would understand it. And obviously Mm -hmm. I want what's best for him. Um, You know, Jesus, he just, it it never has seemed to click with him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got a miss in his locker uh, as does Sterling, uh, who's also been rumored to have been moving on, but I, I just don't think the state of European soccer this summer is conducive to selling a lot of those guys. Um, and uh, Laporte is another one that's, that's very vocally unhappy on the, on the defensive end, uh, because who would have thought that stones and Diaz would be uh, just an unreal center back pairing that, you know, had like 22 plus clean sheets and, and won 20 games in a row uh, mm-hmm. across all competitions to start the year. So that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but obviously you know, in any team, anywhere, uh, players want to play and you can only start 11 guys. Uh, and, and obviously city have such world-class depth that, 
Um, you know, a lot of, I think, talent could be going to waste just sitting on the bench watching um, watching people play. But, you know, injuries happen, so it's important mm-hmm. to, to account for that. Uh, you know, I was joking with Dave saying that Grealish, even if he just comes in for the 10 games that Kevin De Bruyne misses every year, <laughs> uh, it'll be worth its weight in gold. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, those, those are just some of the rumors that I've heard. Um, I think Bernardo is definitely the most likely to leave uh, this summer, but like I said, I, I don't think Gundogan's going to be super happy. Um, you know, Mares is is getting close to thirty, uh, mm-hmm. but he was arguably City's best player in the Champions League final run uh, last year, scoring on both legs against PSG. Um, and you know, like I said, Raheem Sterling went through a, a, a pretty rough patch of form. I would be sad to see any of those guys go, uh, but I would definitely understand it, and and you know, not not be the uh, light my jersey on fire on social media kind of guy that uh, we've seen out of some more irrational Villa fans. <laughs> Look those up. They're great. Uh, I saw a blowtorch with a Grealish yeah. jersey yesterday. It was great. Um, so you guys, have, like you said, you've won three out of the four leagues. Um, does the Champions League, would you rather win the Champions League because it hasn't been done or would you rather take another dominant league performance? I know the because the Champions League is usually the last game of the year, so that probably lingers more despite everything you accomplish in the league, especially yeah. when it's a rival. I've always said this, and I still feel this way, and I would still feel this way if we won the Champions League final. Uh, the league is way more impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, at this, at this point, with the expectations, it's almost expected with the, the roster and Pep and uh, just the style of football and quality that they play. Uh, for me personally, I would rather win the Champions League, although acknowledging that winning the Premier League is the, I think, biggest mm-hmm. accomplishment in club football in Europe. Um, but yeah, I think I'd rather win the Champions League final. But even if they don't win, I mean, it's, you know, I, I feel like the, the, the most important thing is how much I enjoy watching them play. Uh, you know, obviously you, you want to see your team score in a final and not lose one nil on a uh, horrible Kai Havertz leak out. But uh, that's the way it goes sometimes, you know. It's uh, actually our fault City didn't win. We had been going since restrictions eased a little bit um, uh-huh. through this, you know, to Saints and Louisville. We sat at the same spot every time. I ordered the same cheese sticks and Bud Light. You ordered your same stuff. And yep. then, you know, all these bandwagons come for the Champions League final. We could get there an hour early and someone's in our spot. So, yeah, blame it on us. The magic of the table. It really is. I, I mean, superstition. So uh, where do you have City finishing for the season? I think they're going to come in second. Uh, I think I Chelsea think so. are going to win. Uh, and you know what? I'm not going to be super devastated if that happens. Uh, hmm. Maybe they'll start to get some of the criticism that's typically reserved only for City, bizarrely, I feel like Chelsea kind of escape a lot of the uh, criticisms for doing the exact same things. And I think that that comes uh, by virtue of, of winning. So um, uh, I always you know, attribute I, that to uh, City or the newer money. Correct. Uh, Chelsea, yeah. when they started, were doing that, but then someone newer than Chelsea did it. So I was really hopeful a couple of years ago that uh, Newcastle is going to be bought out and become the PSG of England. That'd but, be funny. Mbappe yeah. to Newcastle, it's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've got I've got City coming in second. 
Um, but you know, it, I, I feel like heading into a season with those expectations or at least the understanding, uh, that, you know, you literally cannot win every game. You can't win the league every year. I'm mm-hmm. just going to enjoy it. Uh, and hopefully fans stay in the stadiums. Uh, hopefully there's not a fourth and fifth or whatever wave we're on of COVID. Oh, um, yeah. uh, and hopefully they continue to, to keep up the vaccinations and, and make fans going to games a possibility. You know, I still have a, a life goal of going to Manchester and, and seeing a game in person. So uh, if not next season, maybe in, in the coming years. Sounds good. All right. So before we get out of here, we got to give you all some predictions about individual things and where people will finish. Although you've heard a lot of our um, team spots guests just by listening to each preview. Um, so Ben, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Who's getting relegated? Give me a three. Brentford, Norwich, mm-hmm. Southampton. All right. We're on board, but uh, just for the hell of it, I have Norwich is 20th, Brentford is 19th, Southampton is 18th. Um, who do you think will, well, the biggest drop for me is Southampton also. Um, you have another team that might have a bigger drop or I guess Southampton would kind of same. I had Southampton. Uh, I made my notes before Danny Ing signed, so mm-hmm. I also had Villa uh, falling off a little bit. But I think, you know, if they're going to continue to use that money uh, that City uh, paid for Grealish, then uh, I, I I also had Southampton as well. Okay. But, uh, Who do you have finishing in the Europe spots uh, seven through five? You're not going to like this, Bryson. Uh-oh. But I've got Leicester, Leeds, mm-hmm. and West Ham. Leeds, that's a big shout. There you go. I have yeah. um, Arsenal at fifth, Leicester at sixth, and Villa at seventh. So, wow, okay. We'll come back. All right, in your top four, top four, I've got United in fourth, mm-hmm. Levar Poop in three, City in second, Chelsea, Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea fucking lift the trophy. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I have Chelsea first, City second, Man U third, Liverpool fourth. Um, Man, we're chalky today, bro. I don't think it'll be particularly close. It might be close between them, but I don't think there'll be a little distance between fourth and fifth. All right, individual awards. Who's winning the Golden Boot? Harry Kane. It's going to be tapping in those Kevin De Bruyne balls all year. Yeah, I think if he goes to City, he will. Um, I was going to say Salah, but he'll miss at least three or four games with AFCON, the three games that happened during it and then the preparation before. Um, you know what? I'm going to say Calvert-Lewin does it this year. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do it. I'll say it. That'd be great. I'd be yeah. happy for him. All right. Golden Gloves. I'm going Mindy. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Ederson again. Um, doesn't always mean he won't do some kind of crazy thing coming out. I think it, I don't know if that's just something Brazilian keepers like to do because Allison does that stupid stuff too, but they yeah. both seem to work um I, I i think he'll he'll maybe edge mindy uh i still think city will finish second i feel like it's got to be between those two uh mm-hmm. i mean you live by the ederson and you die by the ederson he mm-hmm. he you know he can ping balls on a sixpence as they say uh from 80 yards out uh, and mm-hmm. he's got a couple assists over the past couple seasons but yep he's got a uh psychotic uh hair about him i guess yeah it does uh, who will be the manager of the season? Just Chelsea heavy, Tuchel. Yeah, I was going to say, too. I was trying to think of, like, oh, who's going to have the big rise, I can say, but I'm going to go with Tuchel as well. Um, who will be the player of the season? 
Dang, I don't even know if I wrote this down. Uh, I don't know. Who do you have? And then I'll, I'm going to go with, if Harry Kane stays at Spurs, I'm going to pick him again. Um, wow. Okay. Whether I like it or not. Um, that'll be tough because Ruben Diaz was actually the player of the season. Yeah. One of the players. Um, I but could see, yeah, that's a tough I one. I could see Ruben Diaz having kind of a rougher season. It could be mm-hmm. like a, not necessarily a beginner's luck thing, but just like, you know, I mean, w- exactly. Like, where do you go when you have exactly. such a season that he did uh, other than down? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's tough to maintain that. So uh, I, I still think he'll be rock solid. And I, I love the guy. I'm really glad uh, that City happened, but I could see uh, that happening. Um, I don't know, man. I'm all over the place. Uh, play for the season. I'll go Jack Grealish. Let's go. <laughs> More jerseys burning in Birmingham. Uh, who will be the newcomer of the season? This could be any incoming transfer, even if they've played in the league before. See, so you said newcomer and flop, and I put Sancho for both. Uh, I don't know what that tells, <laughs> tells you about my decision-making. Yeah, I don't yeah. – it, it could just go either way. Because um, I feel like, you know, Sancho coming in to a United team that finished second, mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of primed for a good situation – but I could, uh, I could also just see it going sideways, so I really don't know. I'm going to go a newcomer. Right now, I'm going to say Veron. Um, okay. Even though, um, but if Lukaku comes in, even though he's played in the Premier League before, that's right. just the, the, Yeah, I mean, he could score 30 goals for Chelsea. Yeah, and he's not just big. He's quick. He, I mean, there's a couple goals of him just bodying people in the Euros. It's like boxing out, like some kind of power forward. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said biggest flop, Sancho. Um, I don't know who else is going to think about biggest flop. Um, it could also be Rafael Varane if they're not good. Um, it could be, could be Grealish. Uh, yeah. if he gets injured or something. Yeah. And, I, I don't think it would be because of his performance. I just think it might be because there's so many mouths to feed. Like you said, he might not get the yep. chance. And kind of like Mares, like it took him a little bit because he's a little bit more, um, I don't know if restricted, so right more more structured on City than he was on Leicester. He kind of yeah. had the, the free reins to do whatever he wanted on Leicester, kind of like Grealish. Right. He's not going to be dribbling up and down the pitch. Yeah, he seems like a kind of guy that that um, really thrives having the ball at his feet, and I think mm-hmm. that there are a lot of guys like that at City. So he's not mm-hmm. going to have to do as much, which might be an adjustment, kind of mm-hmm. um, just adapting to to play with all those guys. So yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, and who will be the first manager sacked? Uh, Brentford's manager by Christmas. Oh, oh, not my man. You know he's never played professional football, but he's wow. a manager. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm all about Brentford now. I'm gonna go with Mikel Arteta. I just wow, I'm optimistic, but like I'm like, oh, we didn't, we haven't done enough. There's still a we're interest of we're recording this on the uh, literally a week till the season starts. Uh, so there's a lot that could happen. The transfer window is open till August 31st. Yep. So there's a lot of panic buys and, you know, deadline day is kind of exciting. I'm, last year, I think I had like uh, Peacock had like the Sky Sports broadcast up. So I just yeah. left it on all day. Um, we get Thomas Party, but now he's injured because of Ruben Loftus-Cheek. It, it always seems like it always seems like something happens like, in the week after that we record the podcast that Mm -hmm. like makes a lot of our information out of date. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that's just the nature of world football now, but it's, it's funny how that happens. Do you want to do like 90 seconds on Messi? Oh yeah. So 
<laughs> funny, we were here last year. It looked like Lionel Messi was going to come to Man City, and mm-hmm. then he decided to come back to Barca. Uh, now uh, he's not going to come back to Barca, apparently. According, if you believe everything the president says, he was going to resign. They had the contract in place. Uh, Barcelona have not been able to register all their signings this summer, uh, like yep. Aguero with the pie, because years of frivolously spending money. Um, and it hasn't been working like the past five years. Some of the signings they've made, um, Dembele's there. He's always hurt. Uh, Arturo Vidal, he's already out. Uh, Coutinho, he never worked out. He won the Champions League with Bayern. Um, the fans, is reading on Twitter, they really hate Umtiti. Uh, they really want to get rid of Danny Alba. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. Um, but that's caught up with them. Plus, COVID market, these teams don't have money. Um, so apparently they're not able to sign Messi and the president completely blames the Liga and the fact yep. that they didn't get their Super League, which is a whole nother story. Um, yep. So he's a free agent. Um, and of course, you know, immediately he's linked to City, PSG. I said Man U and Chelsea. Chelsea definitely could because, you know, mm-hmm. it's been whatever. But it's looking like as of today, PSG yep. is the favorite. What do you think about the whole situation? I think it'll be PSG if it's anybody I don't know I could see like some bizarre situation where they like restructure everybody's contracts to make Mm -hmm. less to keep him uh just because I I think they've um they've tried that that was one of the things the fans like I think they tried to get Pjanic to leave he's like no you paid me I'm staying yeah like you paid me this big money I'm not leaving right and I don't see any you know player in in really and I don't blame them Uh, being like, you know what? I will take less money to keep Messi here. That's just not good business. Uh, No agent would ever negotiate that. Uh, But I did see something saying that 95% of Barcelona's revenues are spent on players' salaries. And I think with Messi, it was 110%. So they were like incredibly over budget. It's kind of bizarre because you would think La Liga would want to keep Messi. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I saw a lot of graphics uh, last year when he was rumored to leave talking about La Liga basically being Liga Mex without uh, <laughs> Messi. Um, I don't think there's any way he wants to play in the Premier League for a team other than City. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way he plays for City. Um, I mean, he's 34. He's incredibly expensive. You know, there are only a handful of teams that can even afford his wages mm-hmm. and even fewer teams that I'm sure he wants to go to. I don't see him wanting to do, you know, 38 games, even for just a season. I don't see him wanting to do, you know, 38 games away at Burnley, you know, taking tackles, you know, running. He doesn't even he's not in, incredibly, you know, uh, adept defensively, but. Mm-hmm. I feel like City wouldn't even want to play somebody like that at this point mm-hmm. in his career. I know that seems psychotic to say that they're not going to take a look at Messi, but I just don't see any way that he wants to be in the Premier League. If he uh, came to City, you think Grealish would give up his number 10? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I yeah. think Grealish yeah. would. He'd get it back eventually. Yeah. What about uh, uh, what about MLS? They could They could pay the wages. I mean, it wouldn't be a competition. I mean, we call France a farmer's league, um, right. which, it is, which it is. It's uh, it's kind of a – it's just a strange situation. It's like he's caught in no man's land because mm-hmm. it's like Michael Jordan after the Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, where does he go? Like he's already done so much and he's so great, but he's like obviously 
in the twilight of his career. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I guess you could go to PSG and try and win one with Neymar and Mbappe if assuming they'd keep all three of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's like the, literally the only place that I can wrap my brain around uh, other than Barcelona of him going. So Mm -hmm. come on, Chinese super league, give it one more go. You could afford them. (laughs) But yeah, we'll, we'll see where that plays out. And um, if he does go to PSG, it'll be really funny when uh, Pochettino has a front three of three of the top, probably four players in the world, attacking players, at least in the world. Right. And doesn't win anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can't take the man out of Tottenham. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's our preview. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, we'll probably do another mid-season one to look at back at how great we were or how wrong we were when Chelsea get relegated. So, <laughs> you'd hate to see it. You really would. Yeah, you really would hate to see it. But thank you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.